Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, a show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. Let's go back in time to when cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror that flaps in the night. And knowing was half the battle. Yo, Joe! Let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host, Tim Nidell. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Saturday Morning Rewind with your host Tim Nadell. Make sure you're following us online. It's at Saturday Rewind and my personal one is at Tim underscore Nidell. And for this episode, I have the one and only Janice Carmen on the show today. The creator of the Chipettes and the voice of Theodore. Brittany. Dream on, Tiny Tim. Jeanette. Simon. Which route do you think we should take to Bermuda? And Eleanor. We've got to get this little guy back to Antarctica. He'll die if we don't. From Alvin and the Chipmunks from the early 80s, a cartoon that I just adored as a kid. And of course, from the 1987 animated movie, The Chipmunk Adventure, which is easily my favorite animated non-Disney movie of all time. Before I play the interview, did you know that there are multiple ways to help this show out? First, you can always leave a positive iTunes rating. Second, just spread the word. You know, share some of our interviews with your friends and family on social media or just even in person. And third, you can become an executive producer or producer of the show. Just like our executive producer of this episode, Mike Clemens, and our producers, TJ Garvin, Gemma Bright, Alan Dragon, and Luis Carlos Alvarez. Become a producer yourself by visiting us online, SaturdayMorningRewind.com, and visiting the donation tab on our website. You can join our Patreon family for just $2 or more a month, and all the proceeds go towards the show. This is Doofus here from DuckTales. We interrupt this program to bring you this very important interview from Saturday Morning Rewind. I know Huey, Dewey, and Louie like it too. Let's go back a little ways. Let's go back to the, the beginning of this uh, beautiful relationship between you and Ross. How did you meet Ross? How did that relationship start? So I met Ross at a restaurant. Um, he was eating dinner with a friend I knew. And I went up to say hi to her. And I was probably talking to them for about two to three minutes. Then went back to my table. And the next day, I got a beautiful bouquet of flowers that arrived at my work, and it said from Ross. But I'm, ter- I'm terrible with names, so I didn't know who Ross was. But then a couple days later, another beautiful bouquet came, and then another and another, and they all said from Ross. And I felt horrible because I knew somebody was sending me these. And I, I couldn't for the life of me remember who, who this was. And finally, I got a call from him, and he asked if I liked the flowers. And I said, oh, Ross, they're beautiful. I, I, I just love them. Who are you? <laughs> and he, he, he um, was a little miffed that he hadn't made the impression on me that he had hoped. But um, 
he quickly recovered from that and then just kept asking me out. And he must have asked me out for about a month. And I finally said, okay. (laughs) And we went to dinner and it was lovely. And then after dinner, he took me to his dad's office. Now, I didn't know that he was uh, the son of Ross Bagdasarian Sr. That's what I was wondering. So we went... Yeah, we went to his office, and he played me one of the Chipmunk TV episodes from the 60s. <laughs> and I thought it was so charming, but I didn't know why <laughs> he was having me watch a Chipmunk episode until he told me that he, you know, his dad had created them, and his dad had passed away a few years earlier. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to just bring them back for a year as a tribute to his dad. And he asked me if I was interested in helping him. Huh. And I thought that was so charming and so sweet. And I thought, yeah, how easy is that going to be? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it turned out it wasn't easy at all. It took us years. I'm so glad that you said yes, because we wouldn't have what we have today with, without both of you working together. <laughs> yeah, we work. We, we work. Beauti- we really do. We work beautifully together. I mean, what's it like working with your husband every day? You know, there are, um, I have to be honest, when we're, we're recording, I'm very, very specific. And, uh, and it's not an easy process because we're talking at a slower speed. So you have to get all the, you know, you, it, it's gotta, you, you have to understand it and you have to have the inflection. And so I'm, I'm a bit of a dictator. And I, although he, he tells me he loves me every day, I know that when we're <laughs> recording, he, he doesn't love me. <laughs> and there are times, like at 2 o'clock in the morning, I will wake up and I'll just nudge him a little and I'll say, you know, Ross, we can do that line better. We, we, have, to, we have to re-record that line. And I know at those times he doesn't love me so much either. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a pretty great working relationship. Tell me about the uh, creation of the Chipettes. When did that come to be? Was it for the 1980s cartoon or were they made prior to that? It was uh, created in 1982, just after, you know, before the, before the series started. Mm-hmm because I wanted to sing all the great female songs. And we were just covering male songs. And there were so many great female songs. And it just occurred to me, like, of course, just make female chipmunks, counterparts to Alvin, Simon, and Theodore. And so I created Brittany, who um, was, was created to give Alvin a hard time. And she's, She's sassy and she's self-centered and she's a leader like Alvin, but also like Alvin, she has a great heart. And that's the thing as, as you know, much as Alvin pushes the envelope, you have to like him at the end of the day. And that's what Ross senior did so beautifully. So I kept that going. And then Jeanette, she's smart. She wears glasses like Simon and they're both kind. So I guess that's a similarity, but she's clumsy and she's absent-minded and she's caring and she's ethereal and she wants everyone to get along. And then Eleanor loves food like Theodore. That's probably, (laughs) you know, what ties them together. But she's also 
funky and she's no nonsense and she's super organized and she's a great athlete. And I was doing all the voices at that time. Mm -hmm. And now I, for this series, I've given that voice to Vanessa, my daughter, and she's, she's just killing it. I wish I had had her, you know, 20 years earlier. <laughs> <laughs> to ease a little bit of that uh, work load that you had. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I should have had a dozen kids. <laughs> and when it comes to the voices, you said you already have to like little, you know, talk slower when doing the voices. But what else did you do for the uh, voices to kind of match their personalities before all the uh, speeding up to make them sound like the chipmunks? Theodore, he's, you know, he has, he, he's very, very young and he's very, very sweet. And he's tentative. And um, so you do that at half speed and he's very naive and very, very, very sweet. So that's, that's Theodore. And with Brittany, she's just, you know, very opinionated. And she's just sick of what Alvin does all the time. She gives him a hard time all the time. And Jeanette is just, she's more, um, you know, she's ethereal and um, she thinks about a lot and <laughs> she just doesn't know why we can't all get along. And so each one has to be, you have to just get into their DNA when you're in front of the mic yeah. and go, okay, this is, this is Theodore and um, now I'm going to be a little... Uh, abrasive <laughs> Brittany and then as sweet as I can muster up for Jeanette so pretty much what I heard there was what you would sound like behind the microphone before all the the post right but it's also at a slower speed so mm -hmm. to get the to get the inflections and to get every um, word so that it so that it can be understood yeah is 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 the challenge Let's talk about the 80s cartoon, which is easily one of my all-time favorite cartoons. I was three when it came out, so that's like the perfect oh, age to start loving the chipmunks, oh, you know? So uh -huh. I just adored that cartoon. Still do. It still holds up. And I, uh, I even remember taking my uh, portable cassette player, holding it to the TV, and recording every single song that was on every episode, and I made my own Alvin and the Chipmunks soundtrack that I'd later listened to in my bedroom. So I was obsessed oh, with that cartoon. <laughs> oh, Tim, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> when, when, it comes to, when it comes to the series, like how did that series come to be? Was it a, like a hard thing to create, to pitch to studios to make? How did Alvin and the Chipmunks come to be? Well, um, first of all, it, like I said, it took us years to convince anyone to do a chipmunk project, whether it was music or TV or anything. But after our first album, Chipmunk Punk, uh, sold over a million albums, all those doors that were shut in our faces suddenly opened up. And NBC gave us the go-ahead for our first uh, special, which was a, a chipmunk Christmas. Mm-hmm. And 35 million people saw that special, and that led to our TV series on NBC. So that that was a several years, but um, luckily the series was a giant success. 40% of people watching TV were watching the show. Wow. And that series ran for eight years, and um, 
then another 12 years in syndication. So eight years on NBC and then syndication and played in 100 countries around the world. So thank God it was a success. Yeah, no kidding. And the like I said, yeah. the, the music involved was just amazing. But I can only I can't imagine what what it took for you guys to get the rights to all those hugely popular songs. Right. So when we started in the early eighties, sync licenses weren't expensive and you could cover a Beatles song or a Madonna song or any of the big hits like Sharp Dressed Man or Bad to the Bone. You just got a sync license. Huh. Today, hit popular songs are much more expensive, and TV shows, certainly Saturday morning shows, don't have the budget for it. So in our new series now, we do all originals. Is that the reason why we haven't had a, a, a true like home release featuring all the episodes, not just little you know, episodes here and there, like the full animated series? Is that what's kind of tying up a, a true DVD release? Yeah, it is. It is. Well, who knows? Maybe maybe one day, you know, the heavens will open up and, like, allow you to release <laughs> Alvin the Chipmunks on home video. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> now, I wanted to talk about the Chipmunk Adventure from 1987. I'm not lying when I say it's easily my, my favorite non-Disney animated movie of all time. Oh. It's truly remarkable. I love it still today. I watch it at least once a year today. My kids love it too. Oh, I love hearing that. And you were highly involved in that movie, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So what happened was um, an overseas studio contacted us, and they said that they would give us Disney-quality animation huh. for a fraction of the price if we paid up front. Now, we were already doing a TV series. We were building a house. I was pregnant with our first child. And so, of course, we said, of course, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just add that to the list. And while this sounds stupid in retrospect, our thought was that by doing a feature, we could finally get a project with the quality of animation that we had fallen in love with as kids. Mm -hmm. And so we hired this fantastic animator to direct the movie. But after a few months of pre-production, he became overwhelmed, and he left. Huh. And so Ross turned to me and he said, Tag, you're it. And since we couldn't find anyone else, I reluctantly agreed. I had never directed before. Yeah. But, um, but I thought, you know, we're, we're stuck. <laughs> I, I got to do this. But... Um, after a year of production, we only had a minute of animation, and our delivery date was coming up very fast. Oh, wow. So I took a surprise trip to the studio and realized that no one was working on our movie. Wow. So I had to travel everywhere, handing out layouts to animators and you know, just saying, okay, this is the intention of the scene. This is the emotion. Huh. Uh, I need it next week. Okay, this is the intention of the scene. This is the emotion. I need it next week. All, you know, to every place I could find an animator, I would say, can you draw a circle? <laughs> let, me, wow. let me give you some animation. <laughs> yeah. And so um, Ross and I really didn't know what we had when we finished. We were snowblind at that point. And we had only seen it in its entirety once at the premiere. Hmm. And then we didn't see it for 20 years. 
we were just thinking glass half empty instead of glass half full. Yeah. And then I, 20 years later, it was on TV and we watched it and I was just, you know, biting my nails. And finally I started to relax about 20 minutes into it and saying, oh, there's a lot here that I, I really like. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was a pleasant, pleasant surprise. Yeah, I mean, you should be. Like that, like I said, that's my favorite non-Disney, and even including Disney, it's still in the top ten with me of all time. So uh, thank you, thank you. Did, you. <laughs> you did something right there, but I was also reading that because of that, a lot kind of went out of the story that you and Ross wrote. Was that right? Because of the yeah. uh, limitation on money and time. Yeah, there there were scenes that were. Um, partially animated that I didn't have time to finish that would, you know, would change the trajectory of the characters. And, um, and, and even small scenes that I wanted in there uh, that I, I just couldn't get in. So that's why we felt that it was... Exactly. You know, Not complete. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of... Do you yeah. remember what kind of changes you made? What stories did you kind of take out or tweak to make it match the budget you had? You know, I can't remember very well. I know that they were at the zoo, but they thought they were um, in Africa, but their balloon had not gone as far as they thought. Oh, no. Okay. And, uh, and then there, there was a scene in Russia. Um, again, I can't remember all the specifics. And then at the end, you know, I wanted the two Interpol men to be in the last scene so that they could be with the chipmunks and, and yeah. Tibets and apologize for scaring them. So there were a lot of things that I I really wanted in that, mm -hmm. that just just couldn't make it. And it, and I don't know if if uh, you noticed, and maybe I shouldn't even say this, but during the end scenes, it they're they're somewhat rushed and um, not the animation isn't quite as good as the, the rest of the film. I should probably not even say that, but now I need to rewatch it again. It. <laughs> 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 I, I do. I do see what you mean though. Cause the ending does feel rushed, you know, just watching the story. Yeah. Just like, Oh, they're safe. You know, like Miss Biller saved them. It's over credits. You know, I can see that <laughs> as being a little rushed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh no! I've just ruined the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's in my now. It's in my top fifty of all time. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but it's it's amazing. Even though I know that it's not what you imagined, what you envisioned, but I still think it's flawless in my little childhood eyes that I watched it in. So. Oh, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> and the and the music in that. I know. I just had you know. I I just had independent um, songwriters send in songs and it was so fun to pick all the different moods and songs we just had a, a plethora of choices so that was that, that was really fun yeah i mean of I mean, diamond dolls the girls of rock and roll like i said I, yeah. I made my own little soundtrack and those were on my soundtrack as well <laughs> Well, you know, it's great because people come up and say, oh, my God, I love the balloon movie. And sometimes <laughs> they um, they reenact a song, yes. like the Girls of Rock and yes. Roll. They'll just reenact it right in front of me. Oh. I just love it. Oh, that's great. They do all the dance moves. 
it's such a thrill. That's great. You know, there's one song that doesn't really, as an adult, it's a little odd now, uh, Getting Lucky, when they sing it to the snakes. It's a little odd now that I watch it as an adult. (laughs) You're right. You're absolutely right. Someone came to us, a director, Mel Damsky, he was going to put it in his movie. And uh, we were moving to Santa Barbara at the time, and he wanted to introduce us to the songwriter that wrote Getting Lucky because he decided he couldn't put it in his movie. And so we just sort of fit it in <laughs> because <laughs> we met the guy, we liked the guy, <laughs> and but that's very astute, Tim. Yeah. Very I mean, astute. As a kid, I loved it. I loved that scene. But as an adult, I was like, huh. That's a little strange. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're right. (laughs) Now, you're also listed as a color key artist. What what does Mm -hmm. that mean? What did you do for that? And did you only do it on the movie, or did you do it as well on the animated series? I did it on everything. I am, have, you know, color's always been very, very important to me. And even when I was little, I was affected by color choices in animation. Our, the building that we lived in was this sort of pukey green. And I kept, I asked my mom if, if, is the green cheaper than the other colors? <laughs> I, I was always obsessed with colors. So when Ross and I began our first special, A Chipmunk Christmas, I began giving notes on color for everything, characters and props and backgrounds. And then I got even more involved when we started our TV series um, because I realized that great animation was going to be too expensive for TV, but I could make the shows look better, you know, simply by using better colors. It's the cheapest way to make a show look better. Uh And then when I directed Chipmunk Adventure, I had even more control. And Tim, I color keyed every pencil, every hat, every costume, every shoelace. I'm not even kidding. And every prop. I... I I love color, wow. <laughs> and this is continued on our new TV show. I set the color for all the 260 episodes, and then I worked with my daughter, who knows my aesthetic, so now she helps me tremendously. Oh, that's awesome! And um, but you know, I I love to see I love to see. Listen, before that, you didn't really see shows like Encanto or Rio. They were there weren't these beautiful, bright, animated. I mean, they've taken it to the next level. They're just gorgeous. But that was something I always was passionate about. Huh. And it's awesome that you're, like you said, you're kind of passing it on to your kids. Like, let's fast forward nowadays. Like you said, Michael and Vanessa are involved in the in the uh, new series, Out on the Chipmunks. And uh, so she's also yeah. doing, you know, uh, a, a key artist as well in that too? A color key artist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's helping. She's there, you know, we're a very small little group here. We we are four of us, <laughs> and um, we work out of the house, and we have an engineer here in the house as well. But you know, when I started writing this this series, I had to write fifty two episodes per season, and <clears throat> the kids would look over my shoulder, they'd read a story, and they would give their notes. And then they started saying, Mom, why don't you write a show about this or write a show about that? And finally I said, no, no, you guys write it. <laughs> and uh, and they did. And it was it was a learning curve in the beginning, but they 
quickly got very good at it. And because we do 90% of the voices, and I knew they could do voices, I asked them to get in front of the mic. You know, when they were when they were little, I would set up the camera and we would do these improvs. And Vanessa was always a little English woman who took me in, took me and my baby in, and fed us and gave us food. And she, okay. you know, we would do so many voices. So I knew they could do it, and they were very reluctant. And uh, I almost felt like one of those horrible stage mothers. But I actually needed them to do voices. So I said, look, stand in front of the mic and make a fool out of yourself. That's, that's all there is. You're not going to die. And um, again, they, they weren't too pleased with me, but they finally, they finally did it. And now it's, it's second nature. But it's, it's uncomfortable, you know, when you're not, that's not your vocation to just, you know, yeah. Stand in front of a mic and 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 do a character. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little awkward. It's not natural. Right. And so uh now they're now they're they're pros at it. They also edit and they write and they uh design. It's it's just been a joy to see how they've taken it on. But they're not gonna take them over. That's what I was wondering. Yes, that's what I was wondering. If they are they in line to take over. <laughs> Well, you know, because um, because it is seven days a week, <laughs> I, I don't think, and they see how hard we work, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't think that's the life ultimately uh, that they would want. And because we care so much uh, about the show being as good as it can be, yep. um, it takes extra time. My son said to me, he came up to me just exhausted after writing a show that he had done. And he says, I, I get it, Mom. When you when you care, you're screwed. And it's true. When you care, you're, you're screwed. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're your kids that you've had for 40-some-odd years. That's right. And you want to do right by them, and you want to do right by an audience who's been so loyal and... Um, so with us for all these years. I I don't take that. Not what none of us take that for granted. Mm-hmm. That's a real gift. So what is in store for the Chipmunks? Anything that you can talk about that's coming up? Is the and the show still up and running on Nickelodeon, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Nicktoons. Okay, nice. Yeah, I'm a little out of the uh, loop when it comes to newer cartoons, but I did watch a couple episodes when it first came out, and I love that the voices are there, the intro is there, and the the feel, the um, the love and the passion is still there, too. Thank you. I, I did have to redesign the characters because after the movie, where they were, <clears throat> you know, more live-action characters, yeah. I sort of had to do a hybrid, too. Yeah, okay ease the new kids into the into the new look. That's an interesting question. Real quick, uh, for the live-action movies, was there ever talk or a chance of them looking like they did, you know, in the 70s, 80s? Or were they always kind of looking for that real look of a chipmunk? Well, the, the studio really wanted um, very uh, real-looking chipmunks, which I... I didn't because I wanted a semblance of recognition. And um, 
<clears throat> so I wanted to make it as real as I could so that you actually believed, okay, these humans and these chipmunks are, are believable in this world, but maintain some of their character from the, from the shows. Mm-hmm, yep. And I only had a day to design them. Wow. Because the shows, the movies were, when it's such a, a fast pace, you know, we'd start in March and it would be out in December. So you have to turn it in and, you know, I think Octo- late October. So <clears throat> there wasn't a lot of time. And then for this new show, I wanted to, you know, the kids grew up, a lot of the kids grew up on the movies. So it's always a delicate balance. You don't mm-hmm. want to turn people off and, but you, you need to, you just need to do what's right at the time. Yeah. You just meet in the middle, you but, know, which I think yeah. is what you've done with it nowadays is just met in the middle. Looks great. You know, yep. I can tell as a 42 year old, it's Alvin and the chipmunks. If, you know, I would walk around with a um, picture of the uh, CGI design and I'd say to a kid, <laughs> I'm weird in that way. Wherever we would go, I would would, would show the uh, a, a picture and I'd go, who's that? And, you know, they all go, Alvin! Aww. And i go, okay, good. <laughs> I'm still doing it right. I'm still doing it. There we go. It. It's working. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. A little creepy, but that's awesome. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm glad that it mattered that much to you, though, that you wanted to keep everything, you know, the same. And, you know, don't go too far from what Ross Sr. kind of did. Well, yeah, because I, I loved what he did, but it was so stylized for the 60s, yep. you know. So I wanted to give him a more classic, classic work for our shows in the 80s and um, then kept, you know, they just, kept changing a bit with the time. Yep, which you needed to do. Yeah, yeah. All right, Janice, anything else coming up that you wanted to talk about, promote or talk, or anything really? Well, I'm working on something very exciting that I wish I could tell you about, but I can't yet. But when I can, I will, um, I'll I'll let you know. Absolutely. I'm holding you to that. I, I, you you should. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I, I will let you know. Yes, please do. <laughs> and again, thank you so much for your time. Huge, huge fan of your work since I was oh, very I little. I love that. I love so hearing that. This has been amazing to talk to you. So thank you so much. Thank you, Tim. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.